Oh shit, I'm feeling good. How's everybody feeling? Welcome back to another edition of Weiwo.tv. Today on the show, we have Renee Paquette. Uh, super, super cool time. We are also featuring a musical performance by Peter and the Dinklage. So that should be uh, interesting. Let's head on over to Happy Harem in New York, home of the George Carlin Podcast Studio, and our host, Mr. BJ Mendelson. Renee, thank you so much for joining us. On what are you working on? Would you take a moment just to introduce yourself and tell us what you're working on? Yeah. Hey, uh, it's Renee Paquette. Uh, I'm always working on my show, The Sessions. Always have lots of really cool stuff coming up. Great interviews with um, some of everybody's favorite wrestlers, people outside the wrestling world, just people that I find interesting that I want to hang out with and shoot the breeze with. But those episodes yeah. drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's a great show. I can't I can't recommend it enough. What I Thanks. what I really enjoy is how relaxed the wrestlers are with you, as opposed to when speaking to like a, a wrestling journalist or like someone someone that like there's there's a level of I've lulled trust. them into a sense of security. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, it, it shows, like it really shows. Like they, they just seem the, the interviews flow so much better. Like there's, there's a lot that you really learn about them as people. I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, I mean that's always kind of the goal is to have them on. And um, you know, when I first started the show, it's like I obviously know all these people so well, and I would love other people to get to know them on the level that that you don't get to see just from from television and not from every interview that they get to do. So um, I've really enjoyed kind of peeling back that layer of of all these wrestlers and you have another podcast with Misha Tate is that right like there's also yeah I was doing a serious XM show so we actually just kind of wrapped up doing that I mean with Misha having her fight which she just finished um doing uh with her uh her uh, flyweight debut um, and I've just been so busy with my show and we're both moms so we decided to kind of pump the brakes on that for the time being it was just it was becoming a lot yeah, how what's it like with uh, with a one year old running around? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy! It's madness. She's a, she's a high energy baby. She is a busy baby. Um, she's just the best, though. It's it's really fun. I'm so lucky that I get to work from home during this stage with her. Um, you know, it's kind of uh, a pretty sweet spot to end up becoming pregnant, working from home, and then being able to carry that on. Uh, it's kind of juggling both things of being in like mom mode while also being in work mode. Uh, so it can be a little bit trying sometimes trying to do all of the things, but uh, I wouldn't really have it any other way. It's awesome. Do you find sometimes that, that mom mode like will kick on like, like during an interview? <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll like put her down for a nap and I have like the app on my phone so I can watch her. I can hear her. So I'm like, always got like one eye on it. Another eye, like on the interview. Uh, yeah. Sometimes mom mode definitely kicks in or I can like hear her crying if like she's, you know, she needs a nap or she's with John or she's with our nanny or something. So I'm like always, yeah, always trying to do it all. (laughs) Well, it seems like you're juggling it really well. Um, you know, like the, the shows the success you have the cookbook, which I want. I have a bunch of questions about the cookbook. Cool. Uh, but first, I, I just wanted to go back to something that you had said uh, in an interview a long time ago that Chelsea Handler had had inspired you. And yeah. I just would love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of hers. Um, you know, when I first got into the world of TV hosting, I just wasn't sure 
what I was going to do. I didn't know that it was for me. Um, you know, I, at the time I was really more invested in the acting side of entertainment. Um, but once I realized I was like, Oh, I can actually just like host a show by myself a lot easier. I don't need as many things. I can just kind of turn on a camera and go. Um, and I've been really lucky that, you know, I've essentially been working since I kind of came to that conclusion, but Chelsea Handler really was a big influence for me at that time. I mean, yeah, as I was just figuring out what I was doing, what my voice was going to be, what kind of a broadcaster, I, I always use that term pretty loosely, um, that I wanted to be when she was doing Chelsea lately, I like can remember it so crystal clear of hearing that show. I was falling asleep on my couch. I wasn't even facing the TV and like a light bulb just like went off above my head. I was like, oh my God, I love what she's doing. I love that it was like covering pop culture, but being able to poke fun at it, working in that round table setting, um, her monologues and everything. Like I just, I loved everything that she was doing. It just really, really spoke to me a lot. I mean, and then all of the things she's done since. I mean, Chelsea lately was so great. The show she was doing on Netflix was really, really great um, to obviously her stand up. Not that I am a stand up ever. Um, but no, I just, I love what she does as a TV host. I think there's just something very like honest and natural and very charismatic about her. Yeah. And it, she was a breath of fresh air yeah. at a time. So when, ballsy. Yeah. And what I love about her, I, I think that she's often overlooked. And so that's why I wanted to ask you about her, because I, I think that we don't put her in the context that she should be in terms of TV yeah. history. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, especially when you're talking about like women in that late night spot, she really was such a trailblazer. Um, you know, even after she left and Whitney Cummings jumped in there and um, Grace Helbig jumped in after that, there was a couple different women that jumped in in that e time slot when she left. Uh, but then you look at, you know, even from daytime television to Drew Barrymore doing her thing, um, to, to Lily Singh having her show. There's so many different women that have really flourished in that spot, but it's not easy to do that. And Chelsea did it for a really long time. Um, and I think she was really one of those people that kind of had the network by the balls with what she was doing. The show was so massively popular. Um, and she was so popular from her books that she had written as well. Um, again, to her stand up that people love, but I think that she was just in a really unique position where she just seemed like a chick that was breaking down some walls and like really owning that space and it didn't feel like she was um, just like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful to be here. So happy to be here. Like she owned that shit. And that was her spot. Um, you know, even when you look at somebody like a Joan Rivers who had stepped in doing doing late night when she was like filling in for Johnny Carson or something. There have been women to be able to do it along the way. But I think Chelsea was really one of those first women to fully hold that down for a long time. Yeah, I think people forget that Joan, when she was on The Tonight Show, it was a small, it was like a yeah. small amount of time. And then yeah. she was, she was blacklisted for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Chelsea was the one that was consistently on TV yeah. for years. And yeah, like the, the, the cultural imprint that she's made is just it's huge. It's huge. And I, you know, I just, I, I just, I look at what she's been able to do, even in terms of doing something for a while, realizing that it wasn't for her and wanting to kind of hang up that version of her career, move on to doing something else. Um, I don't really know what happened with that Netflix show. I feel like, you know, things just get lost in the shuffle the way that they do, um, especially when you're trying to do something different. And that's something that I can definitely relate to. It's like people expect one thing from you. And then when you're like, Hey, I'm kind of done doing that one thing. I want to move over to this other thing. 
it can be uh, really difficult trying to find your footing again on solid ground as you're, you know, you're just figuring out those other parts of your career again. Yeah. And I'd love to talk to you about some of the, some of the new things. Like, so tell me about the cookbook, how that came about and yeah, like, what was the, what was the genesis of that? I just love cookbooks. I love them. I'm a fan of cookbooks. I buy them all the time. I'm constantly reading on cooking websites. It's funny because I feel like it was such a weird time that I'm obsessed with cooking. I love being in the kitchen. I love pouring a glass of wine. I love like just hanging in the kitchen and taking my time with something. But then you have a baby and you don't have time to do that anymore. I don't get to just be in the kitchen for an hour working on this beautiful meal. It's like, no, we got to eat quick. We got to get that out there. There can be no frills, no fancy things. Let's not over season anything because the baby's not going to eat that, nor will really John. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so funny to like have my cookbook come out weeks before I was about to have my baby. Then I'm in mom mode. Then I'm like, wait, what am I cooking again? I feel like I'm kind of just getting back into that rhythm now that my daughter's 13 months old. I really can cook the same things for her and I now. I just have to like really think in advance of what I'm doing. Can I have it on the table in time for her when she's actually hungry? Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, it's more time management than anything. But anyways, that was a deviation off of the initial question. But yeah, I just, I love cookbooks and I really wanted to make one. Um, I, I would come home from being on the road and I would just want to sit on the couch and flip through these books and look at the beautiful pages and read the amazing recipes um, to even like, I would sit in like production meetings for like Monday Night Raw and like before the, sh before the meeting started, I'd be on like bonappetit.com, like <laughs> all these different websites being like, oh, this is a different way to cook eggs. This is interesting. Or like, what are these different salts I should be knowing about? Like, I love reading all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I just, I really wanted to kind of step into that world and make a cookbook. So I was so happy that I was able to do it. And it was really the first project that felt like a Renee Paquette project after being Renee Young for so long. Um, it just had so much of my personality in it, just from the writing in it, to what the recipes were, to what the photos were, to having the music playlist at the back. It was really this like amalgamation of like all of my favorite things. Hey, it's me, God. I know, it's been a while, and I haven't been the best dad, especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay, too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot. And so now God needs your money. Like, for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? B.J. Mendelson. So give him $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. And if you don't give BJ your money, you and I are gonna have problems. Big ones. Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week filled with music and jokes and news 
and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose the Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Ralph Report and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. What, is there something from your childhood that, that left a seed for that love of cooking? I don't know. It's funny. I feel like people ask me that. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, like we all ate. We all need to eat. <laughs> right. So we would spend time in the kitchen. We, we went out to dinner a lot. Like I think my mom took us out to dinner quite a bit. Um, so I don't know if maybe it's, also from that of going out and like looking over a menu and picking out what you're going to have. How indulgent am I going to be? What am I going to like pull the trigger on? So I don't know if maybe like that's the stem from it as well. But I don't know. I feel like a lot of people in my family enjoy cooking or at least, you know, they had like we would have like family dinners, whether it was like Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter, birthdays, what have you. And I just I feel like there was always like really nice spreads of food out and the smell of walking into like my aunt's house and food is being cooked in like in the oven or something's on the stove. There's just something so nice about a home cooked meal and spending time with your favorite people and everyone's talking over each other and we're all kind of shouting and having these like lively conversations. Um, that's just something that I want to recreate with my family. Um, you know, with, with me, with John, with our baby, with, you know, when we have like extended family, like I love being the person that hosts the dinners and has everybody over. I love putting all that stuff together. It just really gets my rocks off. I love that (laughs) shit. (laughs) Well, I'd love to ask, so like cooking is very orderly and I know that you haven't, you've, you've taken improv classes. So I'm, I'm curious, like how the improv might, might blend into your cooking and love of cooking. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely times you like come home from the grocery store. You're like, no, I forgot this one thing. I forgot this ingredient. Oh, my God. Or like you open the fridge. and You're like, no, it's expired. The thing that I was like planning on using. So there can definitely be some improv involved in like, all right, how can I still make this recipe work? Or now, how can I make a recipe that works for me? But also my daughter's going to eat it. So it's kind of finding that middle road of like, all right, I definitely want her to develop my palate. Kind of no shade to John, a slight bit of shade to John. Um, but he is like, he doesn't want things super seasoned. He doesn't like garlic. He doesn't like all or onions, like all of those things. So I'm like, I always try to like put a little something, something in her food so that she's used to it and she likes it. And we're like, I put um, a little bit of curry powder and like some hummus when I gave it to her. And I'm like, are babies allowed to eat curry powder? Here we go. Let's like... <laughs> Just expand her palate a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely something to that of like finding stuff as I'm cooking that works for everybody. Sometimes I would like foolishly like cook something that I really wanted, but then I would cook John something different. I'm like, I don't have time for that shit anymore. <laughs> I cannot be cooking everybody a different meal. Like we're all eating the same thing. Take from it what you will. You want all the meat? Great. You want some more veggies? Great. So I think there's just a, a little bit of that that kind of lends into the improv world. What what would you, what's something that you would say to your younger self, given everything that you've accomplished so far? I mean, like I love how you were like when you when you left WWE, you were kind of like I did everything there was to do, which is yeah. which is I yeah, which is amazing. Like what? But what would that Renee say to the young Renee that's going out to Los Angeles 
to mm-hmm. learn how to be an actress? Um, I would say to just like stick to your guns, pick and choose who you take advice from. That's a big one. I think a lot of times, a lot of people like to bestow advice onto people and they mean well, they certainly mean well, but not everybody always has, you, you kind of think when you're younger too, that everybody has the answer or this person might have the keys to the castle. I'm going to listen to the advice that they have. And it's just really not always that way. Um, but I, I think more than anything, it's like, just keep doing the things that you want to do. People love to put you in a box. People love to say, you are this thing. And I don't, I hate that. That's why I'm like, I want to do a cookbook. I want to do a Christmas movie. I want to do all of these different things that like, I'm not just a broadcaster and I'm especially not just like a sports broadcaster. So I think it's trying to, and that's something I remind myself all the time, especially as I'm in this version of my career where I have been known as this one thing for so long to remind people I'm not just that thing. I've done that thing and I can do that thing, but I can do all these other things as well. Um, So I think that's something that I would definitely kind of whisper into young Renee's ear often. Right. Yeah, and I think wrestling fans in particular have a tendency to to very much hyper focus on the wrestling and not mm-hmm. anything else. I, I I think about uh, Nick who who does stand up comedy, right? But but they don't see that. Like they'll just see like the wrestler yeah. and not, and not. But, so He's got me, a great super kick, brother. <laughs> that's right. What a worker! <laughs> I mean, and, and, and it's nothing against it's nothing against wrestling fans. They're very passionate. I, I told, yeah, but no, I, of course. But you yeah. know what? I found though, it's funny because I have th- always thought the same thing. Where I'm like, oh my god, wrestling fans love this one thing. It's not just wrestling fans. It's everybody. You know, I, I was talking to somebody about this recently. That's like. Um, you know, if, if you're a football player and all of a sudden you want to start doing this other thing, you want to start doing a podcast or you want to start hosting this other thing, people are like, no, no, no. I only want to watch you play football. I only want to hear you talk about football. Um, I think, I think that applies to absolutely everything. And as much as I can feel that way, definitely in like the insular world of wrestling, I can feel that that is what the situation is. But I do think that it applies to kind of everybody that has their thing that they do and they want to try to be something that's not just that thing. I think it's hard for everybody, no matter what genre they're in. Absolutely. And so tell me what, what is next for you? Like what is next in terms of, are you going to do another cookbook or are you going to do more podcasts? I don't know. I've I've been kind of thinking about it a little bit as I've kind of resurfaced and I'm starting to be like, okay, what do I, you know, do I want to do another book? What kind of, yeah. What do I want to do with that? Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely been thinking about that a little bit more lately. Um, but, you know, even, you know, with Misha and I wrapping up doing our Sirius show, I loved working with her. I loved doing that show. Everyone at Sirius was awesome. Um, can't say enough good things about what that was. But also it's like, what do I really want to put my time and attention into? I feel like I kind of filled my plate up really quickly. And then I was like, oh, wait, let's like pare some things back a little bit so that I do have time to focus on certain things, whether it's focusing on making my podcast better, expanding the YouTube side of things. It's like really being on like that business side of being your own creator um, to also just like mom life. Like I'm, I really like, I love just being able to spend time with my kid. And there's times that I think there's a big pressure to like, what's next, what's next, do the next thing. Let's focus on work and let's do all those things. Like, of course. And that is important, but I also am in like a very lucky position that I can kind of just hang with my kid for a bit and really enjoy that. They're only small for so long 
I love being able to like spend time with her and not be like, oh my God, I've got to look up this other thing. And oh, I've got this other meeting I need to do and I have to do this other thing. Um, I think when I was feeling too pulled in too many different directions and feeling like I couldn't do that sometimes, I was like, whoa, that's not okay. Let's like slow down here for a second and just like, just be mom for a little bit too. How do you, how do you, when you, when you're trying to separate the, the work-life balance, like what do you do to, to relax? Is there, is there like a go-to trick or thing that you do? Uh, yeah. First of all, my phone goes on to do not disturb at 9 PM automatically. <laughs> yeah. So that's helpful. It goes from 9 PM to 7 AM. Do not disturb. Um, and it is nice. It's nice for like, you know, my kid goes to bed at six thirty, seven o'clock. So that's when John and I can hang out. We have our dinner, we put on our shows and we can just kind of hang and do our thing together. Um, I think it is important to just like unplug, like scheduling and having all that stuff taken care of. Absolutely. Like I need to do that stuff during these designated hours, whether it's when Nora's napping or if John's watching her for a minute or we, you know, we have a nanny here that's watching Nora sometimes like to take that time when I do have my me time to like knock out my work. Let's get that done so that when it hits a certain time, I can just go and be present and be with Nora and not be juggling a million different things. Cause I, I have been in that mode where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing too much. And then I feel like I'm not doing anything. Well, I feel like my interviews suffer from that. I feel like my time with my daughter suffers from that. So that's been like a big learning curve of like really, um, uh, you know, kind of separating things as much as I can. Yeah. Now I have time for one more question, but before yeah. I, before I get to it, um, could you tell us just where where you would like to send people? Like where where can we find the cookbook? Where can we find the podcast? Where can we follow you? Yeah, you can find the cookbook. Um, I mean, it's on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. I know you can order it off of Barnes and Noble. I know it's in some stores. I did have a friend in Atlanta show me the picture of my book next to Reese Witherspoon's book, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so it's, it is in uh, some bookstores. But yeah, if you're in Barnes and Noble, um, if you're in Canada and you're uh, at, um, oh my gosh, why can I not think of the name of chapters. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to Canada, everybody. Um, yeah, there's, you know, where, wherever you buy books, you can find it there. And then for the podcast, it drops Tuesdays, Thursdays, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, um, whether it's on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. So check that all out. And also my YouTube, if you just search Renee Paquette, everything comes up there because all of the content from the podcast ends up over on the YouTube in case say, you're one of those people that wants to see the visual of the interview and not just hear it. A lot of people do. Uh, yeah, that was that was a huge thing that came out of COVID. Was podcasts yes. now have a video component? Yeah, to it. of course. I know it's funny. It's great. I love that. But I'm also like, oh god, I got to slap on a little makeup <laughs> exactly. and <laughs> changes the element a little bit, but it does. not so it's bad. A... <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> uh, my the last question I have for you is because you do a lot of interviews. Um, but what's what's one question that you've always wanted to be asked in an interview that you just oh. haven't been asked yet? Gosh. Hmm. That's a good one. I'd have to think on that one. Um, huh. I mean, I guess what I think is the best album front to back. What you say? <laughs> do you do you have do you have an answer? For me it's Rush. It's it's Rush permanent waves. Really? Yes. Really? See, as a Canadian, That's... I feel so shameful that I'm just not a huge Rush person. <laughs> I never That's have a... been. Like I wish I wish that I was. Respect to Getty Lee, respect to Rush. Hell yeah. But I've just never been a huge Rush person. I would Sorry. say for me, I would either say Fleetwood Mac rumors. 
Or I would go a completely different direction and I would say like um, Radiohead, The Benz. Interesting. Which I do like better than OK Computer. I will put that out there comfortably. Uh, I do too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love OK lie. Computer, but I still go The Benz. I'm curious, like, what made you, what makes Rimmers stand out to you as, like, the best album? Oh, I mean, just the quality of songs. I mean, you look at the rundown of that. It's, it's like the, the who's who of Fleetwood Mac songs. Also, just, like, the cover is art perfection. It's so great. It's one of those albums that, like, you never put on rumors and someone's like, can you flip that? Or like put on something else. Like everyone's always happy to hear rumors. I think everyone loves Fleetwood Mac. How could you not? You know, that's right. Also, like so coverable. There's so many great covers that can come out of that too. I love a good cover. I'm a big fan of covers. I like cover bands. I should be in a cover band. Um, but, uh, no, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's more just that. It's like, that's the, the quality of a, the front to back beginning to end album there's so many amazing songs on that record it's all that it's all there is well that's our show our apologies to the band very sorry we just uh we ran out of time you know things happen it's the nature of the biz but hey listen do you uh you got a minute Okay, come on. I know you do. Like, you're chilling. You're big chilling. You're just sitting here listening to the podcast, right? So why don't you take a mosey on over, you know? Just leave us a little leave us a little review, you know? No, no, no. Listen. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Everybody asks you guys to leave a review. Everybody's all about leave a review on our podcast and everything. But let me tell you, man, it really helps. You know, it helps get the word out about all of your favorite shows, you know? So, like, what, what are you waiting for? Take out your phone. Leave us a review. And, uh... No. Hey! Hey, I thought I told you to stop smoking that shit around here. All right, you want to go? Okay, man. All right, bud. Let's throw hands. Let's do this. Bro, I sit around waiting to fucking fight you, bro. Let's go. I'll fucking crush you. You guys still listening? Whew, make sure to leave us that review. We gotta get the hell out of here, man. This guy's aggressive. <laughs>